Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. The show is heard on WBCQ The Planet every Tuesday and Friday evenings at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also listen to it on our Podomatic page, which we upload uh, on a regular basis. And that's Podomatic.com and just punch in Camp Constitution in the search engine. Also on our YouTube channel, we don't host uh, post all of them, but we do post most of them. And we always encourage people to like and share and subscribe to our social media. Uh, we also have a Facebook page. And this show was brought to you by Camp Constitution, which, among other things, runs a week-long family camp. And this year's camp will be from July 19th to the 24th at the Singing Hills Christian Camp and Retreat, uh, Conference Center in beautiful Plainfield, New Hampshire, just a little south of West Lebanon on the, uh, on the eastern side of the state, central, northern, eastern side. And to more, more, learn more about that, please visit our website, campconstitution.net. Now, as uh, the listeners know, that not only do we run a camp, but we have year-round activities. And just last week, just Friday, one of those year-round activities was our presence at the 2020 March for Life in Washington, D.C. Now, we've been at pro-life events uh, over the years, and uh, this is the first time I've ever been involved with this. We've had a number of our campers and family members who have been going to this event for years. Uh, it was quite remarkable. And my daughter, Christina, who attends Liberty University, contacted me and asked me if I wanted to go. She said that uh, her school has, they bring a few busloads of students, and they give the students uh, sort of credit time off and some type of credit for attending. And so I thought it would be a good idea. I have a, a good friend that lives nearby, and she has a couple of guest rooms. Uh, she lives just over the river, so didn't have to uh, park in D.C., although it probably would have been too bad a deal. So I took uh, my youngest daughter, Emily, and um, her friend of hers, uh, Angelica, who uh, has attended camp. And again, I didn't really know what to expect as far as, um, you know, setting things up and trying to promote our important message with the attendees. But so we got there, uh, we got down Thursday night and we left the house uh, and took the metro across the river and got onto the mall. Of course, uh, that evening, I think it was, maybe it was Wednesday evening. Uh, Trump, Donald Trump announced, or at least the organizers announced that Donald Trump would address the group. This would be this was the first time that a sitting president, and I actually think any, even an ex-president, has ever addressed this group. And they've been doing this march since 1974. So there have been a lot of so-called pro-life presidents who, um, you know, might uh, send a message, but most of them really show up. Um, and, and that's the case. Uh, the left-wing presidents will show up. Uh, for example, Obama. Interesting that I learned that President Obama was the first president ever to address Planned Parenthood, and he did that, I think, in 2014. And it's sort of interesting that uh, someone like Obama, uh, knowing the history of Planned Parenthood, and we've done shows on it, the racist history that he would uh, embrace that, but See, being, being an elitist, uh, of course, they embrace uh, Planned Parenthood, and every single, I believe, every single black member of Congress, at least in the House, uh, probably in the Senate as well, 
not only support uh, Planned Parenthood, but are enthusiastic supporters of Planned Parenthood. So I have to say Margaret Sanger has done a great job. But you have to hand it to the left. They can, they can be the most racist and vilest people, and they get away with it. Uh, I, I couldn't imagine um, any, uh, any politician on the so-called right that lends his, uh, his or her uh, support to a, uh, like say, a white supremacist gr- or a group that was founded by a white supremacist uh, or racist and avowed racist and be able to get away with speaking there. But anyway, um, there was, uh, so we got there and it was really impressive. There, there weren't that many people on the subway that, we, that came uh, to us, but almost all the people on the subway were attending the event. And there was uh, a, big, a big truck bus uh, and there were a lot of vendors selling, uh, you know, paraphernalia. A lot of different groups had set up little tables, and the Knights of Columbus, which I think was a longtime co-sponsor of the event, they had their people passing out hats and gloves, and they were good quality hats. I tell you, it was really, it was really. We didn't have gloves. It was a warm day. It got up into the low 50s, I think, so it wasn't cold. But when you're standing anywhere for a long time in the low 50s, it can get uh, be a little cold. Um, and lot, lots. And what really impressed me. Uh, folks, was that it was lots of young people. Now, I think some of you know the statistics when it comes to supporting socialist candidates. Um, something like 80% of people under 30 support the likes of Hillary and um, and Mar- uh, Bernie Sanders. Uh, but but. Um, <clears throat> When you got to this event, that didn't. It, what we saw, what I saw, was lots and lots of young people, high school age, junior high school age, uh, lots of families there, and many families. They make this an annual thing. They go there every year, and there's events almost the whole week. I think starting on Wednesday and ending Saturday. Uh, so and some people just, some groups just get on a bus and leave uh, early in the morning, depending on how far they are, of course and then come back on the same day. You know, we have up uh, here in Massachusetts, the Massachusetts Citizens for Life, they have a bus that leaves like 11 p.m. or 11 p.m. Uh, on Thursday, drive straight to the event, and when it's over. Now, we, so we got there. We wanted to get onto the mall where Mr. Trump was speaking, and we had to go through security, and they were very good. They, you know, we got through pretty quickly. Uh, Secret Service, uh, I thought I may have saw some sniper types on the rooftops um, of one of the some of the buildings, I couldn't see exactly if they were holding weapons or what they were doing. And uh, helicopters, of course, uh, flying around. Uh, the first hour, there was a group, a rock group, and I'm not a big, big fan of rock music, but I um, I had to. I was really impressed with this group. Uh, let me see if I can get their names. Um, I don't know if I can remember their names, but they, uh, they, they played for about an hour. The band, was, uh, the band leader was from Ireland, living in uh, Nashville. He was a devout, born-again Christian, and the music was pretty good. And then a little after mid- uh, noontime, Donald Trump came on. We could see the entourage. We had obstructed view standing, and we were there standing for many hours. Uh, we could see parts of the stage, but then they had a gigantic screen. So I was able to actually see very clearly. You could see the uh, the entourage, and they set up a couple of stands to both sides of the stage where the Secret Service were kind of were there, were spotting any potential problems. And 
And most of the president, the speakers did a great job. Uh, let me just read some of them off. Jim Daly, focus, the president of Focus on the Family, and he recounted an event. The Focus on the Family had an event in Times Square, uh, I think this past fall. I remember listening to it on the radio, where they showed a uh, uh, an ultrasound of, I don't know, a 12-week-old baby on the giant, giant screen in, in Times Square. And he mentioned that there was some, uh, obviously, some leftist uh, protesting. As soon as they started the ultrasound, though, they left. But he said that there were some Black Lives Matter people. And they approached them. And they said they talked about abortion and the fact that there were more uh, babies aborted in New York, black babies aborted, than they're actually born. And this seemed to have changed them. And he said they put their signs down and they started holding up the pro-life signs. They sort of joined their ranks. And that's really encouraging, you know, reaching out, reaching out to these people. And really, there's a lot of people who already think the way that we think that need to be activated. Uh, and it's really hard to get people on the other side to come onto our side. But I tell you, it's gratifying when it does. And I've known a number of people, some of the best people in the freedom movement have former leftists that somebody took the time to reach out to. Usually when you reach out to them, you lend them, you know, put, give them your hand and they bite it or cut it off. But I'll give you an example. Bill Jasper, who was one of the experts, one of the, one of the world nation's top experts on the UN, and uh, he was a committed leftist. And somebody reached out to him at a college fair in uh, Idaho back in the late 60s, and uh, it took him a couple of years of soul-searching, but that was that one person who handed him a book or a book or two, and he had the intellectual honesty to read it. So that, and, he, and those men that handed him that book, they probably will never know the impact they had on him. But uh, who knows? But if you're not out there doing it, you know you're not going to be able to be successful. So uh, then there was uh, Marjorie Denon Felser of the Susan P. Anthony List, that's an organization. And uh, the theme was uh, pro-life is pro-women. And uh, the, the feminists today are hardcore abortionists. But the, uh, the early feminists, while I may have had some issues with them, they were pro-life. They thought, looked at abortion as something that was demeaning. And we're talking about the late, you know, late 1800s, early part of the 1900s. Um, then there was Elisa Martinez, founder of New Mexico Alliance for Life. And let's see, I believe that she has some Indian heritage. Um, and being Hispanic and part Indian, I'm not sure. But they mentioned that their culture, abortion, is just totally unaccepted. And there was a pastor, David Platt, from the McLean Bible Church. He's an author. He actually opened in prayer. And, and this was encouraging, too. It's encouraging when you see... The, the, uh, his Grace Bishop Apostolos of Medea. So you see the Orthodox, Greek Orthodox Church. Then there was a, a black Democrat lady. Uh, she was the Democrat state senator from Louisiana, Katrina Jackson. She had a beautiful hat and very well dressed. And she was very fiery. So that was a Democrat. So there are some Democrats that are pro-life, and she's outspokenly pro-life. And I'm not sure... That's always been the case, but uh, they, they, uh, the governor of um, the governor's wife of Louisiana, she attended. She also spoke, and it was interesting. Uh, he had a, he was the governor was someplace else. Had a, uh, he had a, another um, engagement, but Louisiana is supposed to be the most pro-life state in the country, 
And I know there's some legislation that will, I think, ban abortions up to 14, and no more after 12 weeks. Of course, it needs to be banned altogether. Uh, and this is what's going to have to happen, folks, because Roe versus Wade was a Supreme Court decision. And again, they celebrated the, 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 the dark day. It was actually January 22nd when the extreme, uh, 1973, when the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Roe. Roe, by the way, it was the name of the, of the uh, plaintiff who, um, I think she lived in, maybe it was Alabama, Louisiana, Norma McCovey, that's her real name. She said that she was raped and the, the, the baby had already been born, by the way, by the time the case uh, went to the Supreme Court. Uh, but she she since passed away. But she became a born again Christian and a hardcore pro lifer, and she basically said that the whole case was based on a lie, which is why the, the left celebrates it because it's based on a lie. Um, so so it's so that's why it's done this time of year. It, and I think it was a six three decision. You know, uh, if you go to a court and your life is on the line for actually for any reason. You go to trial, whether it's armed robbery or a felony or misdemeanor, you have to have it unanimous. It has to be all members of the jury have to find you guilty, or they, you know, it's a mistrial, and they sometimes they don't retry it. They eh, no, 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 it's going to be a mistrial. There's no point to it. The Supreme Court has uh, doesn't have to be unanimous, and I'm not suggesting we have an amendment to change that. But six Supreme Court justices doomed. Thousand, you know, millions of unborn children, and changed our culture dramatically, saying that it's somehow a woman's right. A woman on her own can determine whether or not they can kill this little baby in the womb. And now with the ultrasound technology, oh, it's a whole lot different. And I want to point out too that the Knights of Columbus, since 2008 or 9, have donated several thousand ultrasounds to these some of these little clinics. Even there was a great story of uh, this little um, portable ultrasound. Uh, they have a little trailer somewhere, and they've actually go to these women about to have abortions, and they say, would you want to see an ultrasound of your baby? And some of them will go in and say, I can't kill. That's my baby. That's a human being in there. It's not some pile of flesh or just a bunch of collection of cells. That's a little soul in there. And uh, so... So it's very good to see that even though we still have this horrible, this horrible abortion. Now, getting back to the decision, uh, the, the founders of the, the folks who gave us our Constitution never gave the Supreme Court power to overturn all states' laws. Uh, and not only that, but they don't have a police force or an army to enforce the decisions. And that decision was an aberration. And every state attorney general said, we refuse, we refuse to uphold that decision and change our laws. So every governor of every state and the, uh, the attorney general would be the one to enforce it. So if the attorney general of the United States says, you make your decision, now you enforce it. Just let the Supreme Court enforce it. It'd be null and void. The baby was born. Uh, so in some of these pro-life laws, these laws against abortion are still on the books of these states, but they can't be enforced. So we like to see these uh, some, some courageous local uh, state officials pass these laws and say, go ahead, Supreme Court, go ahead, uh, District Court, strike it down. We're going to still implement it. And if you don't like it, you've got to send 
William Barr, then it, then it, then it's back on to the executive branch. Well, uh, if Donald Trump, and I believe he's true to his word, he would say, stand down. We're not enforcing it. And that's how we're going to change it. We don't have to worry about getting uh, a couple of more Supreme Court justices who are going to be pro-life. And by the way, I would never count on the Supreme Court to do what is right anytime. If they do something that's right, on, it's on rare occasions. They've been ruling against the American people since the 50s, All, sometimes in the name of civil rights uh, or sometimes just in the name of privacy or something that's a pre-numbers of the Constitution where they struck down prayer in schools, abortion, uh, struck down sodomy laws. So it's become an anti-godly, an anti-god entity because of the, and a lot of Republicans have appointed bad uh, Supreme Court justices. And they too can be impeached. And it's, well, uh, I think there was only one Supreme Court justice ever impeached, uh, uh, Salomon or Sam Chase, way back in the 1800s. They're accountable too for their actions. So anyway, so getting back to the rally, um, so after the also the um, two of the speakers I think were the best. Oh, I want to mention Chris Smith, who's a Republican from New Jersey, a, a, a congressman, a, a, a House of Representatives. He's been really a hardcore pro-lifer. His voting record isn't bad overall, uh, and it's nice to see somebody from the Northeast take a stand. Uh, Pence, Vice President Pence, and his wife were in Rome. And so he left a message, and it was kind of interesting. He's meeting with the Pope, and while it's kind of – I like to see the Catholic Church, of course, defend the right to life. But a lot of my Catholic friends would say that the Pope here is uh, very, very far leftist. But at least when it comes to the life issue, they've maintained that. I don't wonder how long that will be the case um, because the Pope – and you know, he's in, he says there's no hell. Um, he thinks uh, he's a big – big climate change guy and i don't know he's just uh, a far leftist i think he's a marxist but anyway uh, there are a lot lots of catholic organizations there good wholesome people and protestant churches and um, some small churches you know somewhere in florida and pretty much all over the country that uh, churches will i i would like to see more churches participate so um the last two speakers were uh, melissa oden and Claire Culwell. Uh, Melissa was a survivor of a failed saline infusion abortion, and Claire was a survivor of a surgical abortion. In fact, Claire said that her twin, and these young ladies, they're in their, they look like they're in their late 20s, early 30s, beautiful young ladies with uh, married with families, and I think it was Claire. She was, uh, it was very emotional because she said, you're looking at what my twin looks like. You're looking at my twin, my twin that I'll never see. And both of them met their birth, oh, their, their birth mothers, and they forgave them. These ladies are devout Christians, and they forgave their birth mother. So that was very, uh, and it's important because, uh, you know, the, the, to, to forgive, even if the person on the other side doesn't accept it or, or doesn't want the forgiveness, it, it's, forgiveness is good for the soul. But it was very moving, and I think both of these ladies have their own websites, and they've authored books. Melissa Oden, and I recommend you visit them, or visit their sites, or just do a search and see what they have to offer, because they're very powerful. Um, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-O-H-D-E-N, and Claire with a C, 
Caldwell, C-U-L-W-E-L-L. And they, uh, they speak around the country. And, uh, and it was also some groups, some ladies, holding up signs that said, I had an abortion. Don't you have one? So we know a lot. And this is the problem is that these women who have abortions, they think, oh, this is great. I'm empowered. I'm a female, and I can do what I want, and I have no restraints, and my career comes first and all that. I don't think uh, many women feel guilt all their lives. There's actually a group, I don't know if it still exists, but there could be others like that. It was called Women Exploited by Abortion. You know, this notion that women can have complete control over their bodies and that men, hands off men. Well, there are a lot of times that women have abortions, not because they want to, but because of her husbands or their boyfriends or maybe their father or mother demands it, forces them to. And they do it not because they want to, but because they're being forced to do it. So where's the, where's the freedom there, folks? And on the other hand, there's the father of this child. I say, I'm the father. You're saying that I have absolutely no right over this child that I fathered until it's born, until maybe the first couple of hours after it's born, and then I'm legally obligated, but not before that. That sound right to you? So uh, lots of issues uh, that this concerned, by the way. And uh, I would suggest you visit the website of this organization, March for Life. Yes, uh, Louisiana Senator uh, Steve Scalise uh, was also there, and he pointed out that there is a bill that will ban uh, basically afterbirth abortions. And he said that, that Pelosi, this good Catholic woman, put that in quotation marks, holding it up. He said that they need another batch. They said they only need um, seven or eight more sponsors and they can bring it to the floor. And there's a good chance it will pass because uh, something like this, how can you vote against, I mean, you can, and there are a lot of Democrats that will vote against uh, a bill that will prevent babies from being killed. See, what happens is when the, once the abortion, once the baby's born or comes out of the womb fully, they have this thing they call comfort care, but they'll take this baby and they'll put a little t- wrap a little blanket around it and it will die. And that's called comfort care. They don't, they won't do anything to keep the baby alive. And, um, the movie, um, Gosnell, the nation's biggest serial killer, he preferred to do these types of abortions because it was easier. You give the women, uh, induce them, induce the baby comes out and then he just snips the neck and bingo, you don't have to, pull stuff out you don't have to go in there and pull out the legs and the head and you know make sure you get everything inside the womb and um, so that's uh that's you would think a no-brainer but it also will show you just how wicked those people are that would vote for a bill like that and that's why they don't want to bring it up you know uh, how can okay you can be so-called pro-choice pro-abortion but uh, you're you're in favor of abortion once the baby's born. And of course, they already passed a law like that in Virginia, and they celebrated it. And um, Governor Cuomo, another good Catholic, uh, not only when they passed it, they uh, lit up the, they lit up the, the uh, Prudential, uh, Prudential, but the um, Empire State Building celebrating this wonderful victory for, for choice. Uh, that's just how wicked some of these governors are. Now, we do need to pray for them. The Bible's clear that we have to pray for our enemies. And uh, these two uh, governors are definitely enemies of what is right and good in the world. But they need to be prayed for because could you imagine if they ever t- changed their position? You imagine an Obama, you know, repenting 
for his sins. Uh, it doesn't happen very often, but God has God is amazing. You see Bill and Hillary Clinton getting on national TV and asking the American people for forgiveness for trashing their country and pledging to do what was right, take their Clinton Foundation and donate it to worthy causes that promote liberty and freedom. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm, I'm having an, I'm having a dream here, but it can happen. You know, God, anything can happen with God, and and that's why the Bible's clear. We need to pray for our enemies. It's kind of tough to do that, isn't it? I know I have challenges when it comes to that. And the Bible also says, "Never rejoice when your enemy stumbles, lest the Lord." I think it's in Proverbs, unless the unless the Lord will uh, will look at you and. Uh, because of your joy when your enemy stumbles. Really, you shouldn't feel joy when they stumble. Just be glad that uh, whatever they're doing has been forwarded. So um, I know we've got a few minutes left, so I, I, I encourage you to visit marchforlife.org, and they also have marches around the country on a regular basis, different states. I know in Massachusetts it's usually in early October. Uh, so I think Connecticut is having one uh, next month. So these are events that should be supported when you can, if you live in these states or live nearby. And, but most importantly is we need to change the culture. We need to make, as they said, make abortion unthinkable. That's really the theme of this rally, make it unthinkable. Now, we hope to be there next year, but we want to have a little more of a presence. It was really difficult because it was just a mass of people now, holding a banner, it was nobody could see it because there's so many people around. Um, we did hold a pro-life uh, flag that I had, uh, just says pro-life and the blue and nice colors, blue and red and yellow, I think. And I had my, my the two girls I was with. I said, hold this flag so at least I can see you. <laughs> I won't lose you in the crowd. Uh, but walking up Constitution, so the after the rally, people just sort of march up. They go up Constitution Avenue. They go by, they go up to the Supreme Court, they go by the Capitol building. And I heard one estimate of 225,000. There may have been more. I, I have no idea. I heard maybe half a million. But it was the biggest, uh, one of the, the biggest group of people I've ever been, been involved. I've never seen so many people in one place. It was quite, quite amazing. Uh, so uh, there were a lot of uh, groups on the sides, on the sidewalks of the uh, of Constitution Avenue with their banners and handing out literature. And I said, if we, uh, God willing, if we were able to be there next year, that's what we will do. We'll have folks on both sides kind of reaching out to those that walk by. And they had, uh, like I say, different groups. They had, they had one guy who was uh, a constitutionalist. He had a little sign. He said, the Supreme Court doesn't make the laws. And I took his picture with a sign, which is on our Facebook. And if you go to Camp Constitution's Facebook page, you can see a bunch of pictures I took of the, of the event. Some of the, the homemade signs were the best. One of them had a, a little caricature of Trump, and it said, make babies great again or something like that. Well, babies have always been great. But now uh, if we can get rid of Roe versus Wade, if we can get rid of abortion, we'll have a lot more babies. And we'll have a healthier country, and it will be a real blessing to our nation to, to do that. Um, so... Just, uh, just a few minutes left, so let me just uh, give a little plug for our annual summer camp, our family camp, I should say, July 19th to the 24th. We have, a, as we do every year, a great lineup of speakers, but we have a couple of new instructors. One of them is um, C.J. Pearson. Uh, C.J. Pearson, young black conservative. He has a website. 
thing is just cjpearson.org. It's P-E-A-R-S-O-N. I think he's only 17 or 18. Very, very outspoken young man. And uh, he's going to be at our camp. I got a hold of him and he's happy, looking forward to it. And there was a uh, young man, Jonathan Alexander, who, by the way, was on the stage at the, uh, at the uh, Rally for Life, at the, uh, the rally, at recent rally. Um, Jonathan is an attorney for Liberty Council, and he's got an incredible singing voice, but he's going to be one of our instructors. Uh, I heard him give a presentation entitled, Why I Won't Bake Your Wedding Cake. So he's going to be speaking on that subject, as well as hopefully singing at Campfire. And to learn more, campconstitution.net. And um, we also, uh, we, our, our rates for our camp are really incredible. We don't, we're a not-for-profit group. We don't make money off our camp. We're a charitable trust. We do um, provide tuition help to those families that may need it. So for a person 13 and over, it's 300 for the week. If you register before June 1st, it's 250. If you are 12 and under, uh, the, the fee is um, 200 or 150 if you register early. And uh, three and under, of course, are free. That's with your parents. You're not coming. We don't have the three-year-olds coming on their own. And we do have, again, uh, we, do have, uh, we do have tuition help available. We've never turned away a worthy family for lack of fun, or a camper for lack of funds. And if you don't have children, grandchildren, but love to help out, we, we encourage it. You can make a donation towards the tuition. Just go to our PayPal or go to our website campconstitution.net, make a donation, and just say earmark it for tuition, and you'll get a nice little uh, picture. Uh, and, you, of course, you'll be invited to attend the camp if you want to just show up for the day or half a day. But um, we also videotape a lot of almost all our classes and many of our activities so you can actually see the uh, see your money in, in work, so to speak, see your, sunny, see your money at work. So with that, I want to thank you, and God bless you. And until next week, may May uh, God richly bless you. You've been listening to Camp Constitution Radio on WBCQ The Planet.